Liquor Talk, a brand new episode starts right now. Welcome one, welcome everybody to another edition of the Liquor Talk podcast. I'm your man, Victor, and this is the first men's only round podcast for the season five, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you live from the Studio Max in beautiful Orlando, Florida. I'm your man, Victor, and y'all already know Don B is a regular. But today, we got a guest fella on with us. Podcast out of California, yeah. This brother brings the game wherever he goes. He's the host of the Too Much Game Podcast. Give it up for Uncle Dolomite, and welcome to Look and Talk. Damn, I wasn't expecting such energy. Thank you. Good evening, motherfuckers <laughs> and motherfuckers. How are y'all doing today? Man, you we do it. We doing great, man. I had to bring the energy, man. You somebody I've been wanting to record with for a long time, and we finally getting to make it happen, man. Man, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, too. Don, what's going on, man? Same as usual. We're happy to be here. Nice to meet you, Uncle Dolomite. Nice uh, to meet you. Yeah, I'm ready to just get into it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, also, Don got an event coming up, which we, which yours truly is going to be working as well. So y'all be on the lookout for that. And uh, shout yeah, out to everybody who's coming to the mixer because need all y'all here. But first, let's get to know Dolomite. Tell the people about the Too Much Game podcast. Um, Too Much Game podcast. I guess you'll call it like a philosophy show, if anything. You know, just my personal philosophy on things, you know, giving advice based on mistakes motherfuckers make in the world and how they can apply where that person fucked up for you to not fuck up. Mm, that's real. That's real. So what made you get started with podcasting? Uh, I just been a shit talker forever. Like just, you know, talking shit to people. Motherfuckers feeling like I give good advice. So I was like, let me just do a show giving advice. I kind of was influenced by Tariq Nasheed. If y'all familiar with him, he used to have a Mac lessons radio show back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, just listening to that, I was like, shit, I could do this shit. So, you know, eventually when I finally got equipment and got linked up with the right people, I just started my own show. That's real. That's real. You be giving game all times. Now, at what point did you say I'm going to keep going with this show? Because everybody has a point in podcasts where I'm like, man, the hell with this shit. So at what point were you like, I'm just going to keep going with this shit? The day I started. I, I pretty much was like, shit, I... Once I start, I'm just going to keep on going because it's something I've been wanting to do. So it never was a point where I was like, I think I want to quit. I see a lot of people quit once outside opened up, but I started out before the pandemic. So it was never like a a time limit on it. It was like, if I do it and it succeed, I'm going to keep doing it. If I do it and it fail, keep doing the shit anyway because it's something that I've been wanting to do. That's real. That's real. That, That is so real. So what's something about a podcast you wish you would have known before, you know, before you got started? Uh, I don't know. Probably. Mm, I don't know. Because it, it was like a, I, I haven't really hit no roadblocks. Like, it's exactly what I was expecting. I'm just going to talk my shit and people going to listen. I think it's more of a thing where you don't get the audience that you probably think you're going to get when you start the shit. Like you think that all the people, at least who you know are going to be supportive. That was kind of a shock. Like, well, you know, your friends and shit, not going to be listening. A lot of your family who you expect to listen, ain't going to be listening. A lot of the people who told me I should start a podcast. Don't listen to this shit. (laughs) So probably that. Man, you right about that. You damn. What's worse is, 
the yes. people that there are people that are listening that will never tell you they're listening. So that's even worse. Like they listen on the low, like they want to act like they don't care, but really checking it out too. So that's like extra hate. I noticed that too. So it's it's you don't focus on them people. Yeah, it's You're more right. the, people yeah. are, the people who I don't want to listen listening. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Why yeah. do you even listen to this shit? Like co-workers, exes and shit, like Oh, I heard you talking about this bitch. That wasn't about you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, I, and sometimes I got to tell my own family members the same thing. I'm like, that wasn't about you. You know, now y'all, now y'all starting to pay attention. But but when I first got started, y'all weren't paying attention. But now I've been keeping going. Now y'all want to be nosy and try to figure out what's about you, what's about you. I'm like, yeah, that's hard to talk about you. I, rec- I found out recently, like, I don't really, I'm kind of separated from like a lot of my family. We don't really talk at all. Uh, but when I went to my sister's wedding, uh, my brother-in-law told me that, like, my parents and everybody down there listens to my podcast. And I'm like, I don't talk to these niggas in years. So I'd be saying shit about them on the podcast, like, directly about them, thinking they're never going to hear it. But they would never tell me they're listening. But apparently they listen to it. They would, they'd be like, yeah, we listen to every episode. We turn it on when everybody's at the house. I'm like, well, it is, it is at that point. But <laughs> that's the thing. Like, it's like, it's, it's, it's still, like, not... They listen to not congratulating you. They listen to hear about themselves or whatever you're talking about. So it's still hate, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, yes. I definitely feel that. I definitely it was a while. Like, shit, like why can't y'all congratulate me to keep this shit going? Because this shit hard out here. It's like I've known people who never give up any podcast over anything. Yeah, I, I just do. I I do it because I've been wanting to do it. Like, shit, me and my wife, you know, who is no longer my wife, we used to get into it about the shit. Because she like, oh, you doing this shit when you could be spending time with the kids? You doing this shit when you could be doing it? And I'm like, I'm with the kids 90% of my day. I podcast for one hour. The, the one hour that I spend doing this shit, you swear, is like the whole day. But, you know, people, you... You know huh? what I realized? Just yeah, people sometimes, they don't get it. They don't get your vision. They know they really don't get even people, your family, people you expect to get. They just don't understand the vision. Yeah, that's why you you shouldn't even do it if you don't feel like you can do it without other motherfuckers criticism. Mm-hmm. Like because mm-hmm. there's people who don't do it because somebody don't like them doing it or because somebody yeah. told them that it wasn't going to work or, oh, you haven't made money. You've been doing this for how long and you're not getting paid yet. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't do this shit for that. Like, if I did it for money, I'd have been quit. I'm on three years. I've probably yeah. made maybe a hundred, two, three hundred dollars off this shit in right. three right. years. Like, but this ain't what I'm doing it for. I'm literally doing it for the mission. Like, eventually, I'm sure yeah. I'm gonna make some money off this shit. But like, just the fact that people DM me and tell me that an episode helped them or something that I said was deep and. You know, it helped them do something. I'm cool with that. That's enough for me. That's real. That's okay. real. I totally feel you on that thing. I've been like four years in the game. I I barely made two hundred dollars, so I I totally feel that. You know, so I totally feel that. You know, Same. and it's just a lot. And that's one thing I'm gonna tell people: like, if you're trying to come in for the money, then you you need to find something else to do. You need to just go get a job like everybody else because it, your passion is gonna carry you through podcasting. Yeah, this shit is it's it's. 99% passion, 1% money. Like, the only yeah. motherfuckers who really come in making money off this shit are celebrities, but 
And nine times out of ten, yeah. nothing but pocket change for them because I'm sure that outside of Joe Button and Joe Rogan podcasting ain't nobody's bread and butter. Like 90% of the time, yeah. something you do on the side. Yeah, the people that came into it before it was hot, those people now, that's their main gig. Like the old podcast, like the read stuff like that from like 10 years ago. Um, once it got popping, everybody could do it. Then it was, you know, the chance of you just having the biggest to live off of is not going to happen. But yeah, that's why it can't be about that. You got to be have some passion behind it to have something to say. So yeah, a lot of people find out. A lot of people get them quarantine podcasts and quit after two months because they think it's going to be go viral and make money. It's, it don't work like that. Yeah, even and if you go viral, viral like that, it wasn't that good. No way. Hell yeah! Most of the people who I seen fall off, I, I I didn't miss them. I wasn't like, oh my god, right? It was like, bye, nigga. You wasn't all that hot, no way. That's true. That is true. That was some podcast. I'm like, yeah, I can do it without your podcast. We really could. Yeah, you shouldn't have started that shit. No way. You wasted your money. <laughs> you wasted your money on equipment and doing all this, paying for things and stuff, and dude, your shit wasn't even that good. Yeah, like every everybody's not meant to have a podcast. Like it's a lot of people who still doing it right now who like you don't have no structure to your show. You haven't put no money behind your show. Like you saying the same shit that a million other podcasters are saying. It's kind of yeah. just like, why are you even doing this shit? Like it's it's not unique. Like a lot of people when when my friends ask me about podcasts, and I'm like, if you're just gonna do what your favorite podcast does don't do it because they are they're all they already exist yeah like nobody wants another read we don't need another joe budden podcast we don't need another joe rogan podcast if you're not saying something that you haven't heard don't even start mm-hmm. and also if you're not bringing a fresh perspective to something you know what i'm saying because i know you see <laughs> the about um oh men don't need to do podcasts and i'm like well, a lot of y'all women sound the same thing. And I agree. There's some men that sound the same. I'm like, some of y'all, y'all need to go take time to heal, not cry about it on a podcast. That's the thing. If every person in America wanted to have a podcast, they could because every single person has a different perspective. But people won't do that. They just want to copy what somebody else is doing and just try and get popping real quick instead of doing the work of actually being vulnerable and showing who they are and putting their stuff out there. That's how I think it is. It's like, if everybody, there's enough to go around everybody has different experiences like it can be the same topic cut 50 different ways but yeah, yeah. it's not going to be that it's going to be one person that gets popping and then 50 people trying to create what that person did instead of doing their own thing and that's why it just gets redundant and oh quick because people yeah, are just right. lame because there's yeah. a thousand kevin samuels out there now ever since kevin samuels died i heard ten thousand kevin samuels just pop up out out of the ground hood niggas with the, all these theories and shit yeah <laughs> They got all these series and stuff, but they they can't deliver how Kevin Samuels delivered, and they can't back up their talk how that man back up their talk, though. Yeah, because a lot of times, in order to take the Kevin Samuels land, you need success in the field that you're speaking in, and they have none. Like, mm-hmm. it's easy for a woman to say, okay, well, you're talking all this relationship shit, where's your woman? And then they stumped. Like, Kevin Samuels was able to eloquently retort to any question that he was asked he had stats to back everything up he had receipts on everything a lot of these dudes just feel like bitches ain't shit and this is finna be my platform so to tell women they deserve less 
And it's like a lot of women with that same type of deal. Like they want to be the niggas ain't shit podcast. And it's like, yep. trust me, there's thousands of you out there. Mm-hmm. Like none of y'all are unique. Like you're coming from a place of hurt just like they are. And just because people agree with you don't mean you saying some deep shit. You're just saying some popular shit. You just, yeah, and all it is, you're just saying something to go viral. If it were, That's all it is. You're saying something to go viral, give you a little 15 minutes of fame, and now we're on to the next one. When all y'all asses need to heal and stuff, because you might talk about it today, but guess what? You want to talk about it again when your family members and when people are listening to your podcast got something to say about it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yes. Man, if it's anything you're afraid for your coworkers to hear, don't do podcasting. Because <laughs> I, I I had a friend who like she was dope as hell, but one day one of her coworkers heard her, and all of a sudden she went Disney on us, and it was like, damn, like you you had some shit until you was afraid for your coworkers to hear the type of shit that you was talking. Now you suck. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? And, that, yeah. and to me, that's not a real podcast because a real podcaster, we gonna speak our mind no matter what. Because that job, they can easily replace you. Like something happened to you. Like say you died or something. Guess what? That job is gonna go right on Indeed and put someone else in your seat. So you can't be giving a damn about what people think, you know. But that's what separates the real from the fake. Yeah, and the thing is, as long yeah. as you're not flying your company's logo or mentioning your your company name. You should be able to say what the fuck you want to outside of some terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. Names are a big thing. I uh, realized early on, like I would use names in the beginning because at the very beginning, it was like nobody's listening to this. But when I realized people were listening to it, I was like, okay, because believe it or not, it's your story, but people don't necessarily want to be pulled into whatever. What if, you're, what if this does go viral? You know, now people's businesses are out there. So, like, I'm courteous with people's names. I don't name anybody specific. I'll name my to tell my story, but I try to just like watch out for that when it comes to stuff like that. Because yeah, it can really you know you never know. You just never know, especially today and age. People click stuff and it can go viral like that, and now you don't say some shit you didn't mean, and it get twisted yeah. around. So yeah, that's my only word of advice. Like just don't use people's names. <laughs> yeah, keep keep your job yes. out of your shit. Keep your yeah, close names out of your shit. Mm-hmm. Don't tell people what neighborhood you live in. Oh, please. That part. Like, please, certain, yes. certain shit is just like, because I've heard it. Like, motherfuckers like, man, I don't give a fuck. I live on 33rd Main. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you need to take that shit off your show, brother, because you don't know who's listening to this shit. People yeah. are assuming nobody's listening. It's like, just because you alone when you record don't mean that that shit is not going out to God knows how and God knows who. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, people do that shit. Oversharing on that. Yeah. Yes. And I can see that because it is, I noticed one thing too, like when you first get in the podcast and it's almost like a weird kind of like therapy, like when the mic comes on, I just be talking, I would just be talking like saying stuff that I never even said like to anybody else before, like on the show. And then this, you catch yourself like, oh shit, this is like not me talking to myself. Yeah. Niggas are hearing this in like Russia or whatever the fuck yeah, your exactly. Spotify is, you know? So I don't know. You gotta be yes. careful. It's like pillow talking. Don't get too comfortable. Yes, yeah. please be careful, everybody. Just please be careful. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Look and Talk. The more you drink, the better we sound. I sound a whole lot better when I you have some look in your hand. And remember, don't don't get no damn DUI out here now. Now, don't mind, what's your favorite kind of liquor or do you not drink? 
Um, I'm a champagne dude for the most part. But uh, okay. I've been drinking Moscato lately. A lot of Moscato because drinking heavy, I'm a Jack Daniels drinker when I'm at home and I'm not doing shit else. I drink Jack Daniels. But on my show, champagne or Moscato. I feel you. I feel you on that, you know. Some, so, sometimes yeah, I do wine. That. Sometimes I do liquor. Sometimes I switch it up, you know what I'm saying? So I, I definitely feel you on that. I got some red Moscato right now. <laughs> we got some red champagne Moscato. in the fridge. Red Moscato. Who makes that? Uh, it's this is like barefoot. Yeah, it's barefoot. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, got the bottle. But yeah, you had to run next door real quick and get something quick. I drank that shit all before I got here. I should have should have saved it. <laughs> it's all good though. It's all good. Now, on your last episode, you talked about when you the boss, you can't move like a goon. But yet, I realized that some people they still move like goons because that's all they're that's all they're brought up. That's all they know. Which I'm like. How do you break someone out of that mindset that once you make it to the boss level, you can't be doing goon shit? It's the people around you for the most part. Like a lot of rappers, I think they want to live the image that they create in their lyrics. And that's what fucks them up in real life. Like they so busy trying to be real that they forget that they are the head of their household now. Like, even if you was an actual street dude, which 99% of rappers, I know they not. But when you do reach that level of being a superstar, like you got to move like that. Like you can't be still trying to hang out in the hood that you from. You still can't be trying to be around dudes to get the street cred because you're worth millions of dollars now. You probably paying your mama rent, your daddy rent, some of your family members, definitely a lot of your team which is your close friends, your manager, your agent, your lawyer, and people like that. Like, it's a lot of people depending on you. You can't be moving like it's just you no more. Like, even your kids. You know, like, it's a lot of motherfuckers who who eat off of the, the things that you do now. So you got to move in that way. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go to the hood spot. Like, no, nigga, there's a million people, just like it's a lot of people who depend on you, there's a lot of people gunning for you. There's a lot of people who don't want to see you successful. So you have to move like the king on the chessboard. A lot of motherfuckers still moving like they pawns. Mm. Yes, that's real. That's That was perfectly said. I was I just was having this conversation the other day about like the mindset. When does the mindset shift? Like, why does it, when you get to a certain level of success, like, why does it mean? Why does street credit mean so much to you? You know that you risk all that you have worked for for this kind of thing. And I'm I get I got that from the just see that video of PNB Rock and some dude that he was on live with like yeah, last the year. Locks and the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the title the title was like the guy warned him that he had people out for him. But regardless of that, I watched the whole video and it was just sad to me. Like it's just. It, they weren't beefing over nothing. It was just a whole bunch of yeah, nigga. You want to be me, nigga? Nigga, you ain't nothing, nigga. Where you at there? We get, what is this about? Like you just—it's like performing for the people in the comments. But then y'all fuck around and do that shit in real life, and somebody gets shot. Like it's just—you want to be an artist or you want to be a street dude? You want to be? What do you want to do? Like, is your music what you pushing or is it your street cred you pushing? Like, what do you? What do you? I don't know. I just feel like. 
I'm not blaming that nothing. I, rest in peace of Henry Rock, but it's just it's not. He's not the only one. It's just sad to me that like I'm sorry. Once you get a certain amount of money in your pocket, you, you cut the hood ties and you got to go straight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of it is immaturity. It's, it's, it's like performative, it. though. I feel like it's like yeah. part of like being a hip hop star is like I gotta act this kind of way, and it's like who said that? Like we, it's, I don't know. Maturity, like when when you a certain age, like your ego is way bigger than it would be as an older man. Be you know, like a lot of the more mature artists, they know better. Like Jay Z is quote unquote from the streets. I don't know him, but as far as from what you hear, he's a street dude, but he's mature, so he's gonna stay as far away from that shit as possible. Like you ain't seen a when the last time you seen a video of Jay Z in the Marcy Projects. Right. You know, like older rappers, like even like Pusha T, he might rap about crack all day, but you don't see that nigga in Newport News. You don't see him nowhere in Virginia. Like a lot of these, the older artists who know better, it's a million older rappers from Compton. You see none of them in Compton. You don't see Dre in Compton. You don't see none of them. You know, you don't see Ice Cube in South Central. You don't see DJ Quick in Compton. Like nigga, these niggas know better. They more mature than that. It's these young rappers who think that Nigga, I still got to be sliding on ops. I still got to be beating niggas up. Like, Blueface, you just seen this nigga, like, knock his girlfriend daddy out. Like, mm-hmm. nigga, what are you doing? You're worth way more money than that. Like, you paid the dummies to do dumb shit. You don't do dumb shit no more. You pay niggas to do that stupid-ass shit. But a lot of these dudes is young and immature, so they think that they still got to be the motherfucker mixing it up or people going to think they soft. And it's like, nigga... I know a million hard niggas. I don't know a million millionaires. Like, it's way harder to become a millionaire than it is to be a fucking gangster. Anybody could be a gangster. Anybody can't be a millionaire. And it's like, they don't understand that fucking concept yet. Like, they think that I got to be the gangster millionaire. And it's like, that's the stupidest shit in the world. The stupidest shit in the world. You know, like, Jeff Bezos ain't trying to show you how hard he is. Mm-mm. And Bill Jeff Bezos ain't out here flaunting all his money out in designer shit, you know. And hell yeah, it's like and you know, and I don't want to be that. I'm not even gonna say it because I don't want to be that the, the hotel nigga that's like go ahead, and, man. You and, know what I'm saying? With the, the state of the black race and all this stuff, it feels it feels like a waste of y'all's of, of the, all the money that y'all receive when y'all get out there and do ignorant stuff with it. And just trying to stunt on the next nigga and buy the diamonds and this and that. It's like there's so much money that you're giving and you just throw it away. You know what I mean? Now you locked up or now you get killed or whatever. Like, and it's just like, what, what, how do we get pushed to black? You know what I mean? How do we push anything positive in the process? Like, it just seems like you just get it and you're not grateful for it. But there's so many other people that are working just as hard that never get that shot. And who knows what they could have done? You got that, you got the light, you got the time, you had the ball passed to you. And you out here on live arguing with another nigga about oh, whose dreads are the longest. I don't know. Like, <laughs> shit is but stupid. The, yeah. the labels love that shit. Because that's what it is. Like, the, the labels push the stupid ass nigga. Oh, yeah. Like they, there's a million talented rappers out there. But the labels is like, who's the stupidest motherfucker we can get to do this shit? Mm-hmm. We need the we need King They need the one they can exploit. Yeah, yeah, like we need a nigga stupid enough to go out there and hang out where he'll get his damn brains blown out at. 
Like, that's who the labels want to push. Because, you know, like, Kendrick, Cole, and Drake are the outliers. And, like, I be telling motherfuckers, like, it's a trip that the top three rappers have zero street cred, but everybody want to be NBA Youngboy. Everybody wants to be the rapper that's risking his life. Everybody want to be King Vaughn. Like, y'all niggas want to be a fucking martyr so bad for no damn reason. And the three most popular rappers in the world, they ain't doing that shit. You don't even see these niggas nowhere. Exactly. In the house. They be in the house or they be Looking at home milk. Or they be around other millionaires. That's where they be at. But I'm glad you brought up the topic of music artists because we're going, that's where we're going. So I will say, like I said, rest peace to PNB Rock. Prayers up and prayers up for his family. Um, we're thinking about you over here. But I will say, artists, people, can we stop with this? Oh, as soon as the artist die, y'all want to blow his shit up, man. That, that shit is getting old. But what do y'all think? I didn't even know what songs that nigga made until after he died. And yeah. I'm not going to start listening to him because I wasn't listening to him before. Agreed. Um, I yeah, what? I wasn't listening to him either, but I'm not... I'm not mad that he will get and they, they, they shine after they gone. Like, I mean, that's kind of, at least, it will be worse if somebody died and nobody said nothing. It's like, damn. It's just another, like, yeah, I didn't know. I had I knew his name. I had to work with the radio station, so I had seen his name on, like, every here and there, but couldn't name one song. And then after, you know, some Shade Room, somebody posted a highlight reel of all his shit. And I was like, oh, I know this song. Well, I've heard this before, whatever. And so, yeah, I'm not going to just all of a sudden go download everything he did. I'm not an instant fan, but maybe somebody might be, you know? So he, yeah. he has a family. He has an estate. If they blast his shit, somebody likes it now, and then they can make money out. I mean, that's the point of this anyways. We were talk- I don't want to jump the gun. We were talking earlier about, you know, how people have stakes in these celebrities and their deaths and things like that. So it's, 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 it's deep, but yeah. anyway, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, we're gonna stay right there, you know what I'm saying? So like like what do you think about what do y'all think about all these rappers now? Because PNB Rock ain't the first rapper that done died in the last couple couple years. There's been a handful of rappers that have been dying in the last couple of years. And I'm like, what the hell is That's going on? Like, yeah, um, and I will say that about location. Like, if if I come to LA, you tell me not to go there, we ain't going there. But you got a lot of people that goes back there and say they wanna Test their street cred and shit. Because the thing is, and it's like this. If you look historically, L.A. rappers don't wear a lot of jewelry. Like, if if you look at the rappers from all over the country, we're not known for our chain. Like, you don't really know what the the Kendrick Lamar chain looks like or the J-Rock chain or the Schoolboy Q chain, like, we don't do all that jewelry shit. Like, the only L.A. rapper known for his jewelry is Blueface, and he's a fucking dumbass. You see how he moved? Like, only the stupid motherfuckers out of L.A. wear jewelry. All the smart motherfuckers, if you look at just our fashion, we dress very simple. You see L.A. rappers, khakis, Chuck Taylors, Nike Cortez and shit. Like, we dress real simple because niggas... You're noticeable when you wear all that bullshit. Like, we don't wear flashy colors and all that other shit. Like, we try to draw as little attention as possible because niggas ain't playing no fucking games out here. And, you know, like I tell niggas, I don't know how it goes where y'all from, but nigga down here, nigga, we don't fucking play. Like, y'all see the, you know, the lights and the beaches and the, you know, the 
the nice weather and palm trees and beautiful women. And, you know, like they think like, oh, I'm going to go to Cali. Cali's so beautiful. Niggas be getting smoked down here. Like nigga Tupac, Biggie, um, you know, Draco, P&B Rock. Uh, what's that little nigga who homeboy just got killed? He was screaming, you know, doing the Deborah Cox. Uh, damn, the nigga who was with the dude when King Von got killed. Damn. Who was who was King Von beating up on when King Von got killed? Um, damn, Quando Rondo. Oh, damn. his homeboy just got killed out here in L.A. Like nigga, was it, Pop Smoke out there or was he? Yeah, Pop Smoke was in yeah, L.A. Pop Smoke was out there. The like nigga, L.A. is not the place to be flashy. Like niggas out here coming to get that shit. So and also, like, LA is not the place you want to tell your location either. Nah, nigga. When I don't know if it was Chris Brown was Romans. Yeah, Chris Brown was talking about that a little bit on Drink Champs, like the LA politics and all that stuff. And this is wild. I was I and I respect like that whole world, right? That's that's the thing. That's just what goes back to like I said, like it's not nothing new. So it's like I don't know, it's almost seen. I'm gonna let you go back to your topics. I feel like I'm gonna jump ahead, Vic. We were talking about the labels and uh, yeah, like what what are your thoughts on that? Like because I was also reading something about how some labels be having life insurance policy on these rappers. Empire, so they they stack. That's what money. I was gonna bring up. And mm. yes, and yes, Empire. Like how the hell are all these rappers that were once signed to Empire? All of them are down dead. Like I call them expire records. Six six rappers in four years. Like, the thing is, they know what you got going on outside of music. They know who you beefing with. Like, they, these motherfuckers do research. It's just like scouting athletes. Mm -hmm. Like, they know what you into. They know what you doing. They know who you fuck with and who you don't fuck with. So, if you a liability, they love that shit. They like, oh, damn, you beefing with who? Oh, damn, them niggas is crazy. Yeah, we'll sign you. Because we're going to cash in this life insurance policy. And when you die, your stream's going up. Because yep. according to the analytics, we know your stream's going up. And we own your masters. We own your image. We own your name. So every 10 to 15 years, we can re-release your album. Yep. You know, we can make some money off of that shit, nigga. We could put out merchandise. We can make some money off your merch. Like, nigga, you, you worth way more dead than you are alive. Because alive... We don't know what your career gonna do in the next three yep. years, but when you die, nigga, we're gonna make money forever off you. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, that's the same thing they would do. I feel like with older artists, I feel like that's why I want the legendary artists when they go and it's always a drug overdose or some mysterious way they gone, something you never heard of. Because I feel like once you get to a certain point, you've been in the industry this long, you've been turning out these major numbers, your numbers aren't the same no more. Now we can go ahead and kill you off. Now we got all your recorded material you never released. You never want nobody to hear. We making an album out of that, putting that out, putting your vocals on a Drake song, all this stuff. Just bring the money in because we own all that stuff. No, Somewhere no. along the way, these these new labels realize, oh, we can do that for these young niggas that are already going to kill each other anyway. Go ahead and slap that that contract, that insurance policy on it, and so it's just like it's a smaller version of what's already been going on for a long time, but. Yeah, you just once, and I don't want to be one of those people like who the industry, whenever every industry is like that. When you sign a contract with anybody, you got to really realize what you get yourself into in any exactly. regard. 
Now, I will say to the shout out to the artists out there that do know how to negotiate and make sure that, you know, say they own their masters that way their family can do whatever, you know, what I'm saying they can make money off that shit. So, and this, it's we ain't rappers. You sit on the outside talking like it's just so easy, like just don't do that. Like, you know, if you never had nothing in your life and somebody puts a million dollars in front of your face, you can say you can be liable to sign anything, you know what I mean? Like, so. It's it's a lot more complicated than that, so I don't want to like minimize this whole thing and like make it seem like people just making dumb decisions. But I just want everybody just to really think about, you know, think long term. Yeah, That's all. It's not, it's not the fall off that make them do that. As far as the older artists, it's that them motherfuckers go back and buy their masters. Mm. That's what happened with Prince. Prince got his masters, killed yeah. his ass. Michael Jackson got his masters, killed his ass. Like, that's what it be. Yeah, like, you know. Now that we can't make that money off you, especially Mike. Like, Michael Jackson owned the Beatles catalog. Like, Michael Jackson owned a lot of shit. Like, yeah. Michael Jackson could have been a multi-billionaire. That's yeah. why they got rid of his ass, because eventually he was going to become one of the most powerful motherfuckers in music. More than an artist, but a person in general. Like, Lucian Grange, powerful. But, but what did they do with though? It wasn't just out of nowhere. It was right building up this album and this last tour and this whole movie and all this stuff. Have him do all the work and then it never comes out. Now he's gone. Now you can sell the movie, sell the tickets. There's a the funeral is the biggest thing on TV. You know what I mean? Like they they know when and will to, when they're gonna pull the trigger on these kind of things. It's, it's it's both. I feel like. Yeah, it definitely is both. It's like they definitely know about the money. Yeah, and they know what's about to pop in, and they're watching how you move. They're watching your every move. They know how you move, so they're going to find a way to get you. Yeah, like, it's all strategic. But, you know, like I tell motherfuckers, like, nigga, the, the best thing to do when you have any level of importance is move as smart as you can. Like, that's the thing about rappers. Like, you have to understand that there's motherfuckers gunning for you. From all angles, so you can't be letting your fucking guard down because PB Rocky wasn't the biggest rapper in the world, but it's like nigga, you gotta understand, dog. You can't pull a Maybach to a place where there's no other Maybachs. You can't wear jewelry where there's no nobody else wearing jewelry. Like you that's just that's just stupid. You know, because like I said on the show, like I hate to plant to blame the dead, but that was a cautionary tale. Like, nigga, when you out of bounds, you got to move like you out of bounds. Yeah. It's not cool to be the shiniest nigga everywhere you go because a lot of niggas waiting for a nigga like you to come through the door mm-hmm. because everybody tried to blame his girl, but I don't think it was his girl fault at all. Yeah. It, was, it was 100% no. his fault. No. Because even without that Instagram post, some niggas could have left their phone in the car. In L.A., especially at a at a restaurant, we can walk by and be like, who the fuck got the Maybach outside of the restaurant? That nigga probably got some jewelry. Let's go check on it. And sure enough, they go in that motherfucker and hit this nigga go with a house around his neck. Like, mm-hmm. nigga, you're gonna get robbed, dog. Like, who, who got you thinking that you can go to the most dangerous neighborhood in L.A. with a house around your neck and ain't nobody gonna check on you? Like, that's the exactly. thing. Like, would, would you have done that in Philly? You know, because, like, it's it's almost disrespectful 
to wear yeah. all that jewelry in the area like that. Like, nigga, it oh, is. And I'm gonna even add on. I'm gonna even add on. Not just in the hood, anywhere that's lower income. You know, it could be a, it could be the white hood. It could be anywhere that people aren't aren't doing the same kind of numbers you are. Like your success to them is almost like a slap in the face. It's disrespectful. It's a reminder of what they're not doing or what they haven't achieved yet. It's like, mm-hmm. nigga, how dare you? Yeah. So uh, I was, I'm just saying that to earlier. I was going hard on the hood. I don't want to make it say it's a hood issue. It's just, that's be- beginning of time. Like, they took the king and dropped him in the middle of the hood back in, uh, you know, medieval times. That nigga's getting jumped and then taking his crown, taking everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, do y'all play chess? Yeah. Yeah. It would be like sitting your king in the middle of the board in the beginning of the game. It's a wrap. It's like, a wrap. Nigga, you can't go nowhere. You got pawns. Rooks, bishops, everything is you, you, you're accessible by everybody. Like the king sits behind the pawns. Like you have to move like a fucking chess player. Nigga, you are the king now. You gotta understand, nigga. The king has to be protected at all costs. Nigga, everybody could get it except the king. Right. Once the king get knocked down, the game is over. That's how you gotta move, nigga. Like your queen. Once you fall off, nigga, your queen is out of here. Like, nigga, your insurance money can only go but so far, my nigga. Your mm-hmm. queen is out of here. Nigga, the bishop, your your, your, fa- your parents, they out of here. Nigga, all your homies, they out of here. Nigga, once Nipsey died, nigga, you don't hear from none of them niggas from Rolling 60s that's rapping no more. Right. All those niggas were talented. But once Nipsey went down, it's like, nigga, you don't hear nothing from Pac-Man, Jay Stone. None of them, none of them all money in niggas is cracking now that Nipsey gone. Like, nigga, once the king is dead, nigga, the whole team That's is it. dead. That's it. So you got to move in that way. Like, nigga, you got to think about, like, it ain't just me, dog. You know, like, I have to move like I'm the king. If I want some Roscoe's, Uber Eats, DoorDash, Postmates, just sending one of your homeboys, like, hey, my nigga, look, nigga, just go get me a chicken and walk go get me like a number four real quick and bring that to the house i can't go down there i'm way too important and if you did want to go my nigga just wear a t-shirt and some sweatpants my nigga like be respectful dog you wouldn't do that shit in the grimy hood where you from why you think that it's so cool to do that shit where we from yeah you know because this is what i this what i've been from out of town like nigga you wouldn't do that shit. You know where you from is dangerous. But you're going to come to my hood and wear all that bullshit like we just sweet over here. Mm-hmm. Especially there, nigga. They, they got a fucking Roscoe's in Hollywood. They got a Roscoe's outside of Disneyland. You could have went to those Roscoe's. But yeah. you want to come to the Roscoe's that even L.A. niggas don't even go to. Damn. Because I'm, I'm sure you heard, you know, they got the song where Game made like seven years ago where mm-hmm. he... He literally said, stay away from that Roscoe's on Manchester and Maine. And they oh, was like, oh, game Damn. called it. No. Yeah. We know. That's the no-no Roscoe's. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure every city got that one restaurant where nobody supposed to eat at. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, that's that Roscoe's. So even though everybody in the country know Roscoe's is the place to eat in L.A., everybody in L.A. know that's the one you don't go to. Mm-hmm. And he decided yeah. to go to that Roscoe's. Like, nigga, I'm sure you've been in LA long enough to know that your ass shouldn't be there. But yeah. niggas yeah. think star power is bulletproof. 
Mm-hmm. That's the thing. You think them Instagram likes uh, translate in real life, and that's not the case. Yeah, like nigga, them them niggas probably was listening to every day we lit on the way to yeah. rob your ass. Like, hell yeah, we can like your music and still lay your stupid ass down. Like, nigga, you know, yeah, he, and, he fucking blew that. And that's what any hood, that's what any city you go to, like, you better stay where the rich folk at or stay where the tourists at. Like, for example, if you come to Orlando, I'm not about to go tell you to go to Pine Hills. Hell no. You better stay your ass where the tourists at and shit, you know? It's like, because I know niggas from Pine Hills, they crazy. Yeah, I'm coming out there in November. Oh, that's what's up. Nice, nice. That's the best time to come. It's not going to be hot. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be hot. Wild. It ain't tornado season or hurricanes and no shit like that, is it? No. Oh no, that's hurricane season. That's that's like what between August and it's ending around that time. Yeah, okay, it'll be over by that time. So yeah. be besides, you'll be coming at a good time, you know yeah, what I'm saying? From the sixth to the tenth, I'm gonna be out there. That's the best time. Yeah, that's the best time, you know what I'm saying? Definitely let us know when we coming out here, you know what I'm saying? But ladies and gentlemen, this is look and talk. The more you drink, the better we sound. Fellas, what do y'all think about this story that came out about talking about lonely single men? I'm like, why Why is it now that they want to make a big issue about it? Like, there are men out here that are single and lonely. Like, it's always been like that. What was the article saying? Like, what was the context? Um, the article was um, basically stating, hold on, I got it. It was basically talking about how lonely single men, how dating, dating opportunities for, like, heterosexual men are diminishing as relationship standards rise and men represent 62% of um, dating app users, meaning lower chances of meeting matches. And also men needing to address skill deficits to meet healthier relationship expectations. Um, I don't know if these niggas is lonely. I just think that they, they just shooting they shot more. Like, I think that's more what it is than anything. Like, dudes get on dating apps, I don't think because they looking for love. I just think they on the same shit that everybody on. Like, they just looking for some fun. Like, where the hoes at? Yeah, you hear dudes ask where the hoes at way more than you hear women ask where the dudes is at. I just think that's more what it is than anything. I don't think they lonely. I just think they looking for something to get into. That's all it is. Yeah, I think if it's if anything too, if it if it's like people, if that's a perception of people being lonely. I think that's a social media. I think back in the day, you know, we didn't have social media to just be on there all the time looking at each other, you know, post and oh, <laughs> uh, everybody posting. My bad. No, you yeah. good? But you know, everybody posting their fucking Christmas pajama matching outfits. All that stuff or whatever. So I think that that might contribute to people like maybe thinking that people are lonely or whatever because it's more visual in your face. But I don't think it's any more different than anything else. Like, yeah, I think what it, I know I feel like is it's definitely social media that messed it up. I feel like everybody is trying to keep up with social media, and now you can't keep up with social media. You're feeling some kind of way, kind of way, and trying to get people to feel sorry for you when in reality you just got to grind. And I think it's the illusion of options. Like, I think a lot of people think mm-hmm. they have more options than they actually have. Yep. Especially from the, the, the woman's side. Like, now that a lot of these women is getting a whole lot of followers, they feel like they got the, the right to raise their standards up a lot more than they used to at one point. Mm. Even men. 
Like a lot of times you see how many followers you got. You see how many motherfuckers is in your DM, how many people of the opposite sex you talking to on a regular basis. And back in the days, a lot of these women who you talking to, you would have been locked them down. But since you yeah. got three that you're in contact with, you like, well, shit, I, I got my pick of the litter. And vice versa. A lot of women feel that exact same way. They looking like, shit, I got this dude in my DM, this dude talking to me, this motherfucker talking to me. So I can choose out of all of these and you end up with none because you spent so much time playing games with all three. You know, everybody went their separate way. Yeah. That's real. I like we said the sorry, Victor, but the illusion of uh, what do you say? The illusion of what? Options. Options. That's, that's, that's real shit. It's even more literal when you have like Tinder and all these different dating apps where you can literally pull up something or Badu or something, and it's just everybody in your neck of the woods for the next twenty miles or whatever. When you look at it in your face like that, you literally have options on there. So it's already putting in your head that. It, just, it makes the whole thing less serious, kind of. When back in the day, you didn't really, your options were when you went out and met somebody and then you were trying to, you know, the whole hunt of trying to get their number and talk to them and cultivate something off of that was a lot more work. I come from that generation, you know, after the last ones, like I crossed over into the new phone thing where now everybody can just get instant access to anybody. So there's no work, there's, there's more like entitlement, and there's more just like I can move on because, all right block next person but exactly it's, it's you know you said you still scrolling years later because mm-hmm. you've been playing the games listen yeah it's I less think all of us are from that generation though like all the three of us sitting here are like from that generation where we had to go put in the work but now it's like they got it easy yeah, yeah i mean i'm not like old as fuck but i mean i was like the, i was like i'm 35 when i was 18 i grew up in texas 18 years old was when the clubs were legal. So I remember going to the club and like you see the one person you, you feeling or whatever, you only see them like that one time. And you might go to the club next week and see them again. And then eventually y'all talk. Then eventually you get the number. Then eventually, you know what I mean? When I was like 21, 22, that's when Facebook and MySpace and everything kind of took over and social media kind of hit. But I still had like a three-year period. So I knew what it was like to like go out and meet a motherfucker at a Starbucks or some shit. Like it's just, it's different now. I don't know. Yeah, because you less attached when you have access to so many more. Yeah. Like back in the day, like, because I remember specifically some one of my homeboys told me when I was graduating high school, he said, the one thing you're going to miss about high school is you'll never again see bad bitches every day. He was like, <laughs> Nigga, unless you go to college, that's going to be the last time you're going to see bad bitches every day. Like, nigga, in adult life, You'll go days without seeing a bad bitch. This was 2001 when I graduated <laughs> high school. I'm 39. So, like, now with the internet, with social media, you see bad bitches every minute. Like, within five minutes, you'll literally see hundreds of beautiful women. Your Explore page, you can just scroll through your Explore page mm-hmm. and see a thousand dime pieces. And it'll yeah. all be different women. Like, nigga, damn, don, 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 don. So, the value of a woman has gone far down. Like back in the day, if you just had a decently cute chick in your town, you was going to treat her like a goddess because it's like, mm-hmm. shit, nigga, this the baddest chick I done seen in a few days, nigga. I, I need to lock yeah. this down. Like she got a cool little job, okay little personality. I'm, I'm finna stick with this. And vice versa, a woman, she catch a cool dude, 
nice guy, all right, little job, y'all get along. She like, shit, I'm finna lock this down. Nowadays, you'll have a nice chick in your town and you'll ignore her because it's some broad two time zones away that's way cooler, way prettier, and all this stupid shit, even though you ain't even got a shot at even meeting her. Yep. She yep. might even be a fucking catfish, but you ditching the woman who's right here down the street because it's like, nah, I'm cool because I got this one little bad chick in Mississippi, you know, and she... A, B, C, D, E, F, G, even though it's L, I, E, S. Mm-hmm. You know, like, nigga, we, we've stopped valuing a motherfucker who's cool for a motherfucker who's on the internet. And that's yep. the downfall. That is the downfall of dating right there. It's like, we value these people who aren't even in our city or even in our time zone. Like, for somebody else, for... For what? Like, for, for a lot of people, it's easier to sit and kind of come up with a fantasy in your head of what this person could be. That's how you get catfish situations. And people are like, how in the world could you have fall for this? I don't know if you watched that Manti Teo documentary on Netflix, but everybody needs to watch that shit. That was really crazy, but I felt like they did a really good job explaining, like, when you just when you when you just in that, that world and you just want this person to be whatever you want them to be, it's very easy to just fall into that. And then you might keep like around and find out one day, like this shit went further than I wanted to go. And I, you know, missed out on real life connections, real life shit. Cause you caught up in this fantasy world, but it's, it's on you. It's in your head. It's what you wanted it to be. Like if you really woke up and looked around, you'd be like, this shit is not, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This isn't real. But people, people like that. If yeah. it feels good when people tell you everything you want to hear and not the truth. So yeah, when you see some action behind them words and stuff, because people can sell you a dream, you know what I'm saying? They, but unless there's some actions behind those words, then you can't believe them. You got to take it for what you're seeing. And also, you can't be shutting down options in your city that are like local to you for somebody that's a thousand miles away, because that's how you get scammed and stuff. And that's how you wind up on catfish. And I, I kind blow. of hard to believe that it's 2022 and niggas are still getting catfish. I'm like, motherfuckers blow their whole relationship for a person that they met on the internet. Yeah. Like they'll have a girlfriend and some woman to DM them from the other side of the world, and they'll lose their whole relationship because they think that they got a shot with some broad who's millions of miles away who probably don't even fucking exist on some real shit. But dudes is doing it. Women are doing it as well. It's women falling in love yeah. with some, some dude online yep. who said he was going to fly her out and, you know, he's showing money and nice cars, you know, like the Tinder swindler. Yeah. You know, like these things so many are online. You know, you, you see all the shit on the internet and it's not real and it's funny because I'm going to do my next episode about that shit tomorrow morning. Like, this internet shit is not real. Like, the friendships, you know, a lot of people think they got friendships. A lot of motherfuckers got beefs online. Some nigga on your phone who's fucking your day up because you got online and you read a negative comment that he keeps leaving on your post and you just want to kill this nigga in real life because some shit that he said on the internet. And it's like, nigga, I could literally turn my phone off and you'll cease to exist. Mm -hmm. But there's people who let shit that happens on the internet ruin their day. And it's crazy because, like, that's the world we living in. Like, we in the metaverse already, and motherfuckers ain't even realized it. Yep. Yep. Like, that's niggas is already in love with shit that they see on the internet. Like, they're pissed off by shit. Like, your day is affected by some shit that happened in your phone. 
man, if people don't learn to turn that goddamn phone off and just go live life, man. Yeah, because it's like this. How and 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 this goes to us of the older generation. When's the last time you really went and told a strange woman hello and tried to get her phone number? That part. Mm. Real human interaction. Like even yeah. us as niggas who was around in the go to the mall with a pen and pad in your pocket days. Like I'm from that era. Like nigga, we had that the, shit feel Virgin <laughs> Music Store in the mall. I would stay by the Virgin Music Store in the mall because they had the headphones where you could listen to all the new albums. Yeah, yeah. I knew yep. all the women was coming to listen to. Oh damn, Aaliyah album just came out, nigga. I'm finna go hang out at the motherfucking music store because they gonna want to hear that new Aaliyah. So I would literally just hang out, nigga. I'll be listening to the, the Rough Riders Volume 2. <laughs> you know, showing my age and shit, nigga. I'm listening to the, the Rough Riders right. anthem like, hey, they go one right there, nigga. Let me take these headphones off. Hey, excuse me, before you listen to that album, you know, I just want to know uh, where you stay. Can I get your phone number? I, I don't even want to interrupt you. Just let me get your number and I'll call you tomorrow or something. You can go ahead and listen to the album. Let me just get your number real quick. I get that number and I go back and listen to my music. They'll leave. Next one come. New number to get. Like, nigga, I'll be getting numbers like a motherfucker. Nowadays, nigga, it's been a minute since I really, like, seen a chick in the store and hollered at her. It's just right. so much easier to get. Yeah, it's just not a part of the culture no more. It's way it really easier isn't. to find the IG, DM somebody, and keep it moving. That's that's crazy. Like, it, that wasn't that long ago. I'm laughing because it's, it feels like like in the his in the history books, it's not gonna be like a big time jump. But for me, it feels like that was like the dinosaur era. Like it's just so it was it's so different. It was but I was alive back then. I knew how it was. Like just like life before the internet. You it know, was before, a yeah. lifetime. It was twenty five years. I specific. It was nineteen ninety seven. It don't even. That's crazy. That's crazy. Twenty five years ago. Damn, it don't even feel like it's that long ago. We like. We go to the mall, go hang out, go get numbers and stuff. And hell, I'll be at I'll be at jobs getting numbers and stuff. But now niggas don't do that nowadays. Let me get your IG. Uh, one second. Mm. I back. Yeah, because ninety percent of the time, like even with chicks, you you ask for their Instagram now, you don't even get their number because the couple of women, the couple of women who I have met in person, I'm way quicker to be like, shit, you got IG. Yeah, because it's like, and I seen um. I don't know if y'all familiar with It's All Love podcast, Timo and them, uh, yeah. Off Top Media. They they do lives and all that. Like they had asked, what's better to get the number or the Instagram? And nowadays, it's better to get the IG because a woman won't even answer her fucking phone. Damn sure won't. I like to get the Instagram because I like to go through your page, see what your interests are, see who you hang out with, see what you into, or at least what you tell the internet because you know motherfuckers be lying. Yeah, and also social media, it's good to get the social media because it'll give you a feel for that person and it'll let you do some research on that person. So that way when you hang out with them and you know what's up, you know what they all about. Yeah, because I'll I be big on that. Like my first thing I go to is mutual friends. Who do you know that I know? Because 90% of the time, if we got mutual friends, I'm hitting them up. I'll yeah. ask them before I ask you. Like chicks that I deal with out here, when I see that they know niggas, I know I hit the niggas up. Question number one, did you sleep with her? <laughs> question number two, who do she hang around? And question number three, what do you know of her and what do you know about her? 
because exactly. some, you know sometimes you could be dealing with a full blown hoe, and you don't even know. Right. And, and and hoes don't tell you they hoes. It's very rare a woman gonna tell you, oh yeah, nigga, I'm just out here fucking everybody. They gonna tell, you, oh well, you know, I'm just out doing, you know, just enjoying life. No, you jumping dick to dick, you not gonna tell mm-hmm. me. That, so yeah. I'll be liking to get the whole little backstory on who you are from other people. Yeah, you and you have to do that nowadays because they ain't gonna tell you everything. They they, they damn sure not gonna tell you everything. And also, I've learned you gotta pay attention to their interactions as well, like who they interact with, who they vibing with, and stuff. Because they they damn sure not gonna tell you them damn selves. They check trying them they trying to paint a picture. Yeah, check them motherfucking comments, cause a lot of times you can get a lot of story. You can get a lot from them comments. Who they replying to? What they replies are? What comments they reply to? You know, they replying to all them tongues and fire emojis and and eggplants and shit. You might be dealing with a hoe. Yeah, you, you know. really might be dealing with a hoe. And also, if she quick to um give up that number or quick to give you that Instagram, yeah, you might be dealing with somebody. Yeah, cause that be the thing. Like you know, I I look at everything very closely with the people who I deal with because you just never know. Like motherfuckers be lying. You know, like I tell my homeboys all the time, nigga, I don't I don't sleep with random women. Like, we got to have a rapport before I do that. Because a lot of times, man, like, you can be out here fucking with somebody who's targeting you. You know, like, back to the shit with the rappers. Like, if you got money, you wear jewelry, like, you a flashy type of dude, man, there's women who, they looking at you like how robbers look at you. Mm. Them motherfuckers want to baby buy you, or they just want to fuck with you because they know, like, if he take me out, I know he going to spend some money because he got it. Look at his car. He gonna take me on this type of date. Cause look at that chain he be wearing. Oh, look at them Balenciagas he be wearing. Like you gotta move a certain way in more ways than just violence. You do. You damn sure do. Because guess what? Everybody looking and they gonna be expecting that. And guess what? They gonna be trashing you on social media when they don't get it. Yeah. I've seen that too. Like, oh, this nigga ain't this. This nigga ain't that. What the hell were you expecting? Yeah, he picked me up in the BMW and had the nerve to try to take me to Chili's. Chili's? Yes, Chili's, nigga. Just because I got a nice car don't mean I'm taking you to the fanciest restaurant in town. We yeah, gonna go to you gotta a, earn that shit. Yeah, we're going to go to a decent restaurant mm-hmm. so I can get to know you and see whether or not you deserve for me to take you to that restaurant. Because mm-hmm. I might be taking you to the fanciest restaurant in town and then you got me saving your phone as free meal. Yeah, because oh, because you better believe she got because some of them they got men for everything. They got nigga to get the free meal, nigga to vent to, nigga to come clapping cheeks cheeks open. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Got you. Got one nigga saved in the phone is designated hitter. One nigga saved in the phone is handyman. One nigga saved in the phone as car guy. Like you know, and that's the fucking thing. And women, it's it's niggas like that too. Nigga yeah. might have you saved in the phone as throat goat. <laughs> yup. They damn sure oh. have it having it days. It's like, but then when you older, you realize this shit ain't even worth it now. Cause I gotta keep them happy. I gotta do all this. It ain't even worth it. Yeah, that's why, you know, like I said, with with, with the dating game with social media, like social media ruined dating. Because most of us 
were really dating to find love. Nowadays, motherfuckers is dating to find an advantage. Mm. Like women are dating to see which one of these niggas got the most money or you know, which one of these niggas is the best of the six niggas who I talk to? Like, like you in the you in competition and you don't even know it nowadays. Like you, you competing with three or four other niggas who she talking to. So you take her on a date and she comparing it to the last date that she went on last weekend. Well, that other dude had more money than you. So I'm not really going to take you serious. I'm just on this date because you asked me and I agreed to it two weeks ago. So I'm just going to go. But really... I like that nigga that was before you. It's like, let the games begin. And yeah. everybody's accusing everybody of playing the same game that we all playing, and nobody wants to admit that we all playing the fucking game. Yeah. Nobody yeah, will admit the game that we all playing. Yeah, nobody don't want to admit we all game we all playing. Guess what? And a lot of people, they claim to play this game, but they choose the wrong motherfucker. Like, how you go out all these people, but you still wind up with the wrong one? You think you got the right one, but you choose the wrong one. At some point, time I think is you. Women, women like the dude that excites them the most. They they like excitement over stability. So even though there might be a guy out there that checks off all the boxes, if he don't dress how they want him to dress, they not gonna fuck with him. If he ain't got the conversation that they want for him to have, they not gonna fuck with him. If he seems too nice. They not gonna fuck with them. Like people like a challenge, you know. Like just like with dudes, a lot of times the women who we go after don't be the right woman because the woman who checks off all the boxes she might not be as pretty as the girl who we chasing. We chasing the girl who probably don't even really like us, but she look good. She got a nice body. She got a good job or whatever the hell. And that's why the dating game is so fucked up because, you know, we, again, it goes to the people who are put in front of us. Because back in the day, we wasn't seeing women with fake asses. We wasn't seeing women with fake titties. We wasn't seeing women who look like Beyonce all damn day. Like, nigga, we was cool with a strong six and a half. Like, a lot of the women who we was involving ourselves with back in the day, like, they was just decent-looking, cool chicks. Nice personality, okay body. You know, they was cool for what was in our town. But now that we got access to the whole world, it's like, nigga, we, we don't even look at the chicks we used to see in the store. Like, remember, you used to go to the mall, and you would be like, damn, there's a gang of bad bitches in the mall. What? Now you go to the mall, and it's like, these are not the same women who I was used to seeing. Yes, them the same women, but now you're comparing them to the internet as opposed to comparing them to your mm -hmm. family. So yeah, that's yeah. what fucked everything up. Yeah, so it is definitely safe to say that the internet has definitely fucked everything up. Um, going back, Don, um, Don was handling some business, but we were just talking about the whole dating game and just how the internet has just really just fucked everything up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I I apologize. I had to jump up. I had a client just walk into the studio, so I'm gonna get them situated and get them settled. Uh, so I might have to go jump out of here again. All right, all right, all right. Um, all right. Yeah, I didn't want to miss the meat of what was going on. No, no. Like I said, we just want we just chopping up about how how things were back in the day and how now it's just 
the internet done ruined things. Yeah, because it's like you used to be able to compare the girls in your town to the girls in your town. Now yeah. you're comparing the girls in your town to every girl in the country. Like when a six and a half used to be cute in your day, a nice little decent body used to be cute in your day. Now you're comparing it to Megan Thee Stallion. Now you're comparing it to women who got literally fake everything. Like That's good. Just, just cool ain't cool no more. Pretty ain't good enough no more. You used to just find you a nice pretty girlfriend. Like, hey man, she pretty. She got an okay body and a nice personality. Now it's like, nigga, you looking at the internet and you like, you know what? You ain't pretty like I thought you was. Mm-hmm. You ain't as cool as I thought you was. You, like, you know, a good example of what you just said is watch reality shows before 2010 and after 2010. Like, watch like uh, um, rap, videos. rap videos, but like Flavor of Love or like all them like OG shows and the girls on there those girls on there were like the top tier like they were the bad bitches of their time and now you look at them and it's like dang y'all look dusty because now everybody has like veneers and bbls and weave and tans and and it's like that's the 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 look has shifted but it's just i don't know it's it's when you look at like that it's crazy i like to get on hulu and watch old reality shows paramount plus got old reality shows Um, Uh, just think about like this we used to think j-lo had the fattest ass in the world yeah. Now, like, Probably even so. Buffy the Body. Like, you used to see Buffy the Body and be like, oh, my what? God, her ass is humongous. Yeah. Now you look and you like, I see that shit every day now. Like, you see a thousand Buffies. It's a million. Like, even Kim Kardashian. When Kim Kardashian first became a thing, it was like, damn, she got ass like a motherfucker. And now it's like, you got the same ass 10,000 women got. Like, you see asses like that walking around. Yeah, yeah, like you see that shit. You go to the strip club, it's a thousand of those. You know, like even in California, like I remember we used to be like, man, them women down south thick as a motherfucker. <laughs> now, no matter where you go, you're gonna see that same ass on every woman in the country. You can go to Des Moines, Iowa, and you'll see a woman <laughs> with the same ass Buffy hat. Like, no matter where you go, that shit is everywhere. You can go to Minnesota, Seattle. Oregon, you know, like everywhere, Toronto, Greenland, no matter where you go, you're going to see that same body. It's like, you know, the, the whole field is fucked up. Like everything been mixed and matched and meshed in together. And it's like, now we don't even know what beautiful is no more. Yeah, we don't know what beautiful is, but I think people, once we find beautiful, we got to capitalize on it. Because we can tell somebody's beautiful from the inside out instead of, you know, looking at the outside and trying to variable what the inside is. So, And honestly, what I've realized is you're going to wind up with somebody that you need. And what you need might not have the big ass, might not have all them damn features. But I think a lot of people, it takes maturity for them to find it. And the problem is a lot of motherfuckers don't reach maturity till it's too late. Like, this goes to what Kevin Samuel said about, you know, the women being a leftover women. What I was explaining to one of my homegirls is the men are the leftover men, too. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of us 30 and up who ain't been married and ain't been in relationships, we the leftovers just like the women are the leftovers. Like, a lot of motherfuckers who back in their day, they was popping and they had them options and they was able to say no to everybody. They don't decide to settle down until... 
they not as handsome as they used to be. A woman is not as beautiful as she used to be. So now we all picking through the fucking leftovers because all the motherfuckers who was smart and average looking was getting in relationships, getting married, locking it down. And a lot of us that didn't fell off. Now we trying to figure it out. And it ain't nothing but a whole bunch of played out futures and raggedy Buffy the bodies out here. Listen, and that's when you realize that shit, that's a very humbling experience. But I feel like it's like some it's like that's some real shit to realize to put you on the next level. Like a lot of people don't come that realization yet. But that hit me, you know, just this past couple of years. I am definitely that person that had options my whole life. And now I'm looking around and you're in your mid-30s. And then now you're in the, the, the conversation of, well, what's wrong with them? When you a certain age with no kids, no steady relationship or whatever, it's just like, oh, man, you look around. It's like, oh, I'm I'm one of them people. And no, nothing's wrong with me. It just is what it is. But, yeah, when you realize that, that's some humbling shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so humbling for shit because, like I said, I'm in my early 30s and I went to FAMU and I'm like, I had them all there. And I'm like, damn, I was really right there at FAM and didn't find one. And I'm like, damn, I'm looking up. All the ones I was looking at, they all in relationships, having kids and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? It's humbling, but sometimes it's like maybe it's just one your time. But that is just crazy. Like, yeah, so, I mean, it's, I, not about, it's not about being flashy and having options like, wow, there's all these options. But you do realize that I don't know, those years sneak up on you real quick. Like, yeah, I tell my yes, home, you, you probably told five potential husbands no. Mm-hmm. You you probably saw the nigga that you were supposed to marry, and he had Team Jordans on, so you ignored him. You probably had a nigga who was a potential husband, but he didn't take you on the date that you wanted to go on, so you curved him. Or your homegirls said he was ugly, so you curved him. And now those same niggas, they've been married 17 years, and you like, well, damn, I could have been that wife if I wasn't too fly for the nigga back in the day. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, because like I tell motherfuckers, like, nigga, when I think back on some of the women who I pumped and dumped, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Hello. You know, like, you look at them now and you like, damn, she on her shit. She fine as a motherfucker. And I wasn't even tripping at the time because I had six of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, so like now, and it's like now even today a lot of us still have that problem like even at this age because we look in our DM and it's like I got six seven cool ones in this motherfucker the smart man would be like yeah, options. and focus on her but no mm-hmm. nigga we, we still play the same fucking game like let me see what she doing tonight let me save her for next Friday night and it's like you ain't never going to find a wife entertaining six women at the same time. Mm-hmm. You're not. Yeah, like, you you watering too many seeds. You need to just find one seed and cultivate that motherfucker and make that shit grow. But motherfuckers... Is as long as you have options, there's, there's always going to be somebody that's better. There's always going to be somebody that's something different than the other one. It goes back, and again, people having different ingredients, different perceptions, different options. Like, they're bringing different things to the table. So as long as you're looking at six different people, you can always find one something better in this one than in that one. And vice versa, you don't want to play that game. It's like a ping pong match. You're playing the rest of your life. 
Yeah, unless yeah. you're willing to do polygamy, your ass might as well just find what's the best and stick on that shit. Yes. Well, that's a different podcast, but I mean, we can have that conversation. Hey, well, hey, I'm open to having that conversation too, but you know, that's just for sure, but listen. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, this has been a wonderful podcast. Um, Dolomite, we'll get y'all heard this. Why do people need to tap in with the Too Much Game podcast? Because I'll be talking that real shit. If you got, if you want to hear some some real shit, perspective based on what's going in the world and how you can avoid the mistakes of others, come check me out. I'm I'm donating wisdom. Drop the name again. Too much game podcast. T O O much game. Not the number two. Yeah, I sent I sent profile over to you, but. Though I want to appreciate you for coming on. Don B, you already know what it is. My brother, you already know we're going to be doing a lot of work together and stuff. We'll be holding down right here at the Studio Max. And shout out to the other men that couldn't make it. You know what I'm saying? We still got love for y'all, too. Hopefully, we'll see y'all again on the next Men's Only Round because we're going to be definitely running this back. And thank you, the listener, for checking out Look and Talk. We're in the midst of Season 5. The marathon's just getting started. Until next time, we out this motherfucker. Good night, y'all, and continue to pull it up whenever shit is going left.